Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a very special edition of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwalt. Thank you so very much for joining me. I apologize in advance. Um, I've kept my New Year's commitment to running again, and I am one of those people that is privileged enough to suffer from exercise-induced asthma. So my voice probably isn't quite the same, and I may hack here and there throughout the broadcast, and I apologize for that in advance, but this is something that I needed to get out. As this is being recorded, it's about 10 after 6 Eastern Time uh, on Wednesday night, and we have seen our capital storms. We have seen hundreds of thousands of Trump supporters converge on D.C. We've gone from a day that I thought should have been celebrated and was going to be celebrated to a day where there's a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion. Um, apparently, at least one civilian female was shot um, actually inside the House chamber, uh, that apparently by Capitol Police. And that may change, you know, and the descriptions of that may change. The, the shooter may change. The victim may change. God only knows at this point. <clears throat> Pardon me. There's a lot of things that are still very much up in the air. Um, but I couldn't wait till Friday this week to get some of my thoughts out. Um, that's kind of what you do when you do what I do, I suppose. Um, and I'm sure all of you, <clears throat> pardon me, have things that you would like to share as well. And I certainly invite you to still continue to do that. Contact me anytime. Treehouse of Liberty podcast page on Facebook, um, at Treehouse1776 on Twitter, Treehouse of Liberty Media at gmail.com. I really am in a place where I'm not exactly sure what to think just yet. Um, obviously, I think any time that you use violence to achieve political gain, you have to be condemned. Um, after all, that's the literal definition of terrorism is using violence to affect political change. And obviously, I can't condemn terrorism from anyone, whether it's somebody who opposes my views or purports to support my views. Um, there are some reports that there are infiltrators in these groups that were the ones that stormed the Capitol and all of that good stuff. I, I can't really buy into that right now either. I refuse to accept that it was Trump supporters that infiltrated Antifa and BLM and were causing violence, and I would be a hypocrite if now I said without any proof that it was those folks that are invading the, uh, or infiltrating the um, otherwise peaceful protest today. I, I think to our credit, you know, it, it is a fact that the overwhelming majority of the people in D.C. today were extremely peaceful, and there were at least hundreds of thousands of people there. I think the difference between us and them is that, you know, they have a select group of people that are peaceful while everybody else is rioting. We have a select group of people that are rioting while everyone else is being peaceful. That doesn't make it okay. In no way does it make it okay. I am not excusing or condoning or in any way supporting the violence that took place at the Capitol. Um, I don't think any good American can do that just like we all condemned BLM and Antifa as they were burning and looting and murdering and executing cops and seizing sovereign U.S. land, you know, throughout the course of 2020. You know, if you want to, if you want to support those tactics, then I have no use for you. 
You know, I mean, if you want to, whatever your cause is, I don't care what your cause is. You know, if your cause is Jason Fornwalt should never be allowed to speak publicly again, and you want to hold a peaceful rally in that regard, God bless you, you have my full support. Obviously, I don't agree with the idea, but I fully support your right to get together peacefully and express that. I don't have any issue with that. Um, you know, the, our, our First Amendment protections protect speech that is not popular, you know, speech that is in some ways not even desirable. Um, it protects the KKK. It protects, you know, uh, minority groups that think their lives are more important just because they have more pigment than we do. You know, the, those things on their surface are, are heinous and they're ideas that we don't support. But I think as Americans, we have to support their right to express those terrible views in a peaceful way. You know, we don't need a First Amendment for popular speech, you know, or speech that everybody agrees with. The First Amendment is there to protect speech that can be controversial, speech that can be downright evil, basically, you know, which I would assert is certainly the, the case in the case of the Klan. Um, you know, and, and thankfully there aren't nearly as many of those people and they're not as vocal as they used to be. I mean, if they were gone from the world permanently, that would be okay with me. Um, in a natural, peaceful way, of course. I'm not advocating killing anyone, but... Um, <clears throat> But I, I, I really have a hard time with what I consider to be my side being involved in violence. Um, I do believe that the majority of people protesting in D.C. today, as I said, were peaceful. I do believe they have a legitimate cause. But when you take that to the point of violence, all you do is destroy support any kind of support you might have had for your cause. You know, I understand, you know, there's there's been atrocities certainly committed against black people through the history of this country. I mean, slavery is the biggest black eye that we have on our nation. Um, segregation was not much better. But we learned and we grew, and we learned and we grew first through the Civil War, which brought an end to slavery, of course, and then through the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's peaceful protests, you know, and, and led by others as well, of course, um, peaceful def defiance by people like Rosa Parks. Um, we were able to overcome segregation because those people chose not to use violence. I really think that, you know, we, we have Black History Month, and okay, fine, whatever. I really think that we do an incredible disservice to the youth of this country by not delving more into, in our public schools, who the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. really was. Um, you know, this this was an era here, when, an era when there was legitimate injustice in this country, when, you know, black people were having dogs and fire hoses turned on them when they were having their skulls cracked during peaceful marches by police officers. You know, this this isn't, I perceive, an affront to, you know, myself somehow in a country that is more open and provided more opportunities to more people than any nation in the history of planet Earth. You know, this was a time when if black Americans would have protested violently, if they would have rioted, if they would have caused violence, 
I, I can't say I would have supported it or condoned it, but I at least could have understood it. You know, as a white man, if I saw a black man get his skull cracked for a peaceful march, I don't know that I could be nonviolent. I think I would at least have to try to take down the person that did that, which would mean attacking a police officer in that particular case. Um, and yet Dr. King presided over a movement that sang and, and talked and believed and hoped and dreamed, obviously, um, and did things the right way. You know, there, there is a right way to achieve change. And I think that it's been clouded in some ways by Black Lives Matter and Antifa over the course of the last year. They have, you know, as I said, burned, looted, rioted, murdered, executed police officers. And we're seeing changes in policy happen because of those violent riots. And I think that's a horrible, horrible precedent to set. Because now the country has seen, okay, so all we have to do to get our way is be violent. And that's the antithesis of everything that our founders taught us, of everything that they left for us. You know, having the right to protest peacefully is something that I think a lot of people take for granted. There are so many places in this world where you can't do that. You know, look at the crackdowns in China. You know, look at what's happening to those people who are protesting peacefully and holding up the stars and stripes as they do that, by the way, because we are the symbol to the world of peaceful protest, or at least we used to be. And so, again, I, I can't in any way condone I'm going to, let's call it what it is. I can't condone the attack on the Capitol building today. I can't condone Nancy Pelosi having to be shuttled out of her office to safety. I mean, you guys know I'm not a fan of hers. I'm not a fan of Adam Schiff or Chuck Schumer or, you know, any of those people. But I believe that they have the right to execute their duties in peace. I believe that their workplace shouldn't be attacked any more than your workplace or mine should be attacked. And that's what happened there today. I mean, how many times do we have to go through this? How many times do we have to leave Steve Scalise laying almost lifeless in the middle of a softball field before somebody wakes up and goes, hey, you know what? This is not the way to do this. I don't believe Joe Biden won. There are so many indicators. I mean, my God, the last couple of days of, of the election or the, uh, uh, the race, you know, Trump is speaking to 150,000 people a day, 30,000 plus at five different rallies a day. Joe Biden only spoke to 12 with John Bon Jovi there. You know, so you, you can't tell me that Biden has the support that Trump does. He doesn't. You know, Biden couldn't get a million people to descend on D.C. today. There's no way. The election's over. All anybody that voted for Biden wanted to do was beat Trump. That was it. There is no support for Joe Biden. I have a number of friends on the left who are educated and informed and very intelligent people who I just happen to disagree with. And I've asked each of them, you know, can you tell me 
why someone would vote for Joe Biden. What's his greatest quality? What's your greatest expectation from him? You know, and fortunately, these friends of mine didn't vote for him either, which I respect and I think is an intelligent decision. But, you know, I asked them and they can't come up with an answer. So what has always driven American elections? Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm for your candidate. Never before in American history has an election been won because somebody was trying to vote out somebody else. It was support for their candidate. That's what's driven turnout. Trump has support. Massive, overwhelming, Obama at his height level support. You can't tell me Joe Biden won this election. 17 of the 19 bellwether counties that have accurately predicted the last uh, elections for the last 40 years, the last 10 elections, 17 of those 19 went for Trump. You have mathematicians from major universities saying that, okay, you know, with all these swing states closing at exactly the same time with huge leads for Trump, it is statistically impossible that this number of votes could come in for Biden and completely flip that. You know, and granted, all of this is, is circumstantial. But there's enough of it that added together has to make you say, what in the hell actually happened? What happened? Then you look at the thousands and thousands of people who have sworn out affidavits testifying to election fraud under penalty of perjury with the threat of going to prison if what they say isn't true. And yet they've done it. I look at Pennsylvania, where a lower court judge said, this case is likely to succeed on its merits. You know, a challenge that was brought by the Trump side. This case is likely to succeed on its merits. And the attorney for Pennsylvania says, oh, whoa, we're not doing this. Let me jump straight to the Supreme Court, which is five to two Democrat in my state. Let's have them take a look at it. And Supreme Court says, nope, we're throwing this out, it's done. Lower court can't hear it. You know, it's like Trump isn't losing these cases, they're refusing to be heard. And a lot of times it's in a partisan fashion. So I think the people that are in D.C. today have a very, very legitimate reason to be extremely upset. They do not have the right to commit violence. Period. End of story. It's not even a conversation. You know, for those of us that sat back and damned BLM and damned Antifa all year because of the violent tactics that they were using, for us to turn around and say, you know what, we're mad so this is okay? No bullshit. It's not okay. It's never okay. And what those people have done today is completely eroded any possibility that anybody in the middle or on the left will look at us and say, hey, maybe they do have a legitimate point. Maybe this is something that we should look into. It's gone. You don't gain support with violence. It's never happened. It never will. And like I said, you know, I mean, it's, it's been mostly leftist mayors and governors and Granted, some congresspersons as well, because we can't say congressmen or congresswomen anymore. Congress individuals who 
as a result of the attention that Antifa and BLM have brought with their violence, who've looked at policies and said, okay, you know, are these things we need to change? Well, I can see why other people would then say, hey, you know, they, they got their way by being violent. Maybe we should be violent too. It's not the answer, folks. It's just not the answer. You know, I have a certain expectation of conservatives in America. I expect us to be the ones that show honor and reverence to our flag. I expect us to be the ones that always abide by the Constitution of the United States. I expect us to be the ones that hold up the best values and the values that we hold dear. And I'll be perfectly honest. I expect us to be better than them. And we usually are. You know, all year we've sat back and watched our country burn. We didn't do a damn thing about it. We sat in our living rooms and we cussed back and forth at, you know, our husbands and our wives and, you know, girlfriends and boyfriends because they were the only people there to be unfortunate enough to have to listen, you know. And thank God, thank God, Trina, my girlfriend, has become so interested in politics and so much more understanding of who I am as a person because she's had to, to hear so much over the course of the last year. I mean, it's almost embarrassing some of the things that she's had to hear. But, you know, I've also been her sounding board. I've gotten to be her rock. I've gotten to be the one that can listen when she's upset. Any good American doesn't want to see America burn to the ground. Any good American doesn't want to see violent people storm the Capitol. Terrorists storm the Capitol. That's what they are. I don't give a shit whether they wear blue, whether they wear red, whether they wear black. If you use violence to affect political change, you're a terrorist. You are a terrorist. And it just, you know, it, it just drives home the false point and the false narrative that our media loves to thrive on. You know, right-wing extremists. How many times have you heard it? Right-wing extremists. Right-wing extremists. Proud Boys, they're right-wing extremists. Anybody that disagrees with us, they're right-wing extremists. You're just pouring kerosene on top of that fire, folks. Pouring kerosene right on it. Those people today, at least as far as I can tell, are right-wing extremists. And you can say, well, you know, there's the Antifa infiltrators and all that stuff. And like I said, I didn't buy that when they tried to say it was right-wing people trying to make Antifa look bad. So I can't buy it now. But what incentive does Antifa have? to put a stop to the certification of the Electoral College result, which is what happened today. I mean, I guess they figure it's going to happen eventually, you know, and if they can make Trump supporters look bad in the process, okay, fine, so be it. But until we have concrete proof, until we have concrete evidence, those people today were right-wing extremists. Same with BLM and Antifa, the things that they've done over the course of the last year. 
And it honestly breaks my heart to even consider the idea that we're not better than them. I spent most of this year sitting on my hands and trying to keep my mouth shut while those idiots burned and looted and murdered and killed cops. I stayed quiet. Yeah, I posted on Facebook. Yeah, I bitched on the podcast. But I didn't go confront violence with violence. Very few conservatives did. And at that point, we had something of a moral high ground. You know, we could look down at them and say, okay, you know, you're you're violent thugs and animals, and we're going to be peaceful, as the Constitution says we should be, and we're going to try to make our point by peaceful means. We were in a position to look down our nose at them then. We're not anymore. We're not anymore. You know, does today's action equate to all of the violence from BLM and Antifa over the course of the last year? I don't really think it makes sense to even try to quantify that at this point. You know, BLM says, well, you know, we have a legitimate gripe because America's a racist country. We say, okay, we have a legitimate gripe because Joe Biden didn't win. And both of us turned to violence. You tell me who's better. Seems pretty damn similar to me. And a lot of us will say, hey, you know what? The United States of America provides more opportunity now to more different kinds of people than any nation in the history of the world. And that's true. You know, there's still injustice. Are there legitimate complaints from BLM? Eh, maybe. Those people look at us and say, hey, you, know, you can't prove Joe Biden didn't win. Yeah, there's circumstantial evidence there. Does that matter? Eh, maybe. And now here we are stooping to that level. The moral high ground is gone. We're thugs just like they are. And where does it leave us? You know, where does it leave us? Is this going to be the first time in the history of this country that power doesn't change hands peacefully? Does this devolve into a, a civil war or a second revolution? You know, I've kind of felt like that's been coming for a while. I'm not saying that I want that, I don't. But I've kind of had that feeling for a while. And whose fault will it be? if this is the first time that power is not transferred peacefully in the United States of America. I don't know the answer to that question. I do believe there was widespread election fraud. I also know that the way to combat widespread election fraud is not with combat. I don't know who the person was that was shot on the floor of the house. I pray for her. I pray for her family. I pray that full and complete justice is done in all of this. I would have to believe if she was shot by a Capitol Police officer, there was probably a reason for it. You know, as we've seen in these cases that 
get national attention. There's generally a reason that a police officer shoots someone, even if there doesn't seem to appear to be so on the surface. But regardless, I hope that justice is full. I hope that justice is swift. I hope that we can remember who we are. Ladies and gentlemen, we're Americans. And even if one side or the other side isn't better than the other, we as Americans are better than this. We are better than this. I am tired of watching this shit. I am fed the fuck up. Go. Protest. Yell as loud as you possibly can. You stay out of the halls of Congress. You stay out of the White House. If you want to be violent, you stay home and you bust your own shit. Put your foot through your own TV. Don't do it here. Don't do it here. Now, like I said, those people in Taiwan, they protest holding our flag. Proudly waving our flag. Why? Because we don't act like this. This isn't how we do things. We don't change power with violence. We don't embarrass ourselves on the world stage. We don't act like this is the Democratic Republic of Congo, you know, and have warlords charge into, you know, places of power and overthrow people. And it, it, we just don't do this. It's not who we are. I look at the American left. And I wish I could look every one of them dead in the eye and demand that they be better. That they stop burning, if they stop looting, that they stop killing. They stop murdering police officers. They stop disrespecting the rule of law and our way of life. And I would look right back at those sons of bitches that walked into the Capitol today and demand the same freaking thing from them. This isn't how this is done. This isn't who we are. It's not right. It's not fair. And it's not how we as Americans conduct our business. And any of you on either side that can't get that through your thick skull, quarantine yourselves for freaking ever. Don't ever come out. We don't need you. We don't want you. You're not one of us. We're Americans. We're people that admire the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We're people that admire someone who in the face of violence is nonviolent. In the face of getting screwed over, doesn't look to screw somebody else. In the face of being hurt, 
doesn't go out looking to cause another injury. That's who you are. Go away. Just go away. Leave. I wouldn't wish you on another country, but leave. Find somewhere to go. Maybe there's a deserted island somewhere in the Pacific that y'all can hang out at. But this is not, this is just not what we do. This will never be what we do. This will never be okay. I pray for this country. I pray for each of you. I pray for all the peaceful men and women who are raising their children to be peaceful young men and women who care about this country, our constitution, our flag, our value system, what it means to be an American. Those are the people that matter. You want to matter? Be one of them. I love you guys. We'll talk again soon.